What's up, family? You're tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. But how do we get there? How do we build a world many of us have only seen in our dreams? That's where we believe the artists come in. Every week, we will feature a different artist holding down one of the most important contributions to our movement to help us imagine a different, more liberated world. This week's Resistance in Residence artist is Dr. Ayodele Nzinga, an arts and culture practitioner working at the intersections of cultural production, community development, and community well-being to foster transformation in marginalized communities. She holds an MFA in writing and consciousness and a PhD in transformative education and change. Dr. Nzinga resides in the San Francisco Bay Area, Oakland to be specific, as she is Oakland's first poet laureate. She is also the founder of the Lower Bottom Players, Oakland's premier North American African theater company, now in its 23rd season. She is also the founder of the Black Arts Movement Business District Community Development Corporation and producer of BAMFest, an international annual multi-venue month-long arts and cultural festival celebrating the Black Arts Movement and Business District in Oakland, California. The August Wilson House recognizes Ayodele as the only director in the world to direct the complete August Wilson Century Cycle in chronological order. Good morning, Dr. Nzinga. There's so much more to say about you, but I'm just going to stop there because I want to get to you. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing great to be talking to you. Folks that have been listening to me for a while know that I have you on often, and folks that pay attention to the art scene in Oakland know that we conspire together. So I'm going to start with a, a, a insider baseball uh, question, but it's one of my favorite things to hear you talk about. Tell the story of God whispering in your ear how and when you found art. That's how I know what I'm supposed to do. Um, I believe sincerely that everybody has a purpose in life. Um this is this belief was inspired by the reading of Patrice Somme and my introduction to the Dagara people who sort of cast from a medicine wheel the purpose of everyone inside the village. If people are doing what they are supposed to do, then the village has all it needs and it is harmonious and the individuals inside of it are harmonious. If individuals are not allowed to do what it is they're purposed with, or if they ignore their purpose, they create disharmony inside their own lives and inside the village. And what God whispered inside my ear is that uh, I'm in charge of telling the story. I am in charge of remembering to remember. The answer to that question so it took me down a, a, another path black folks uh, at, at so many turns are prevented from doing probably what god whispered into our ears there are blockages and obstacles and right in the form of oppression suppression white supremacy racism um how do you think that that impacts the state of our societies our communities, the, the, the chaos that we find in, in our hoods? That's such a fat and rich question. We could talk about that for about two days. I think that people are used to Dubois's theory of, of, of infinite two-ness, the fact that we are at least two functioning consciousnesses. We need to answer 
to mainstream society. And there, of course, is a rational human being who understands that some of the places we smile in, that we do that to survive. I think that we're much more fractured than that. I think that um, the performance of Blackness is becoming more and more complex. And intellectually, this is fascinating. The performance of a construct, the fact that we perform the construct is, is again, mental health uh, provoking. How, how do we stay well in, in a space where one tells a young black man, you should have a firm handshake. You should look another man directly in the eyes and your word is a bond. Always, always be dignified. When this, how do you instruct then that child when he meets a beast whose objective is to make him submit and tell that same child, it's probably best that you don't make eye contact, be extremely polite, don't offer your hand. If the hand is offered, automatically take it. How do we teach, how do we teach people to be crazy? How do we, how do we live in an environment where if you could remember the names of all the dead boys, you would be crazy and your daily occupation would be the mourning of all of that humanity. How is it we can find our way to being well in a place that tells us we are resilient because we have found a way to operate without the full armor of our humanity, because that's what the construct of being black robs us of. It's not the being black, it's the construct of being black. You have to separate that out. I'm not saying because we are a carnation or because we are a rose, things come in types. It is the construct that wraps blackness that then makes us outside of humanity. It's conferring something on a carnation that says it is no longer a flower. It's telling a rose that it is no longer a part. It's not a plant. It is something separate. How to be called resilience, resilient is in a, an offense. I think that um, black people are persistent in animating being human in spite of all that and how that affects our community. We have aligned ourselves with shiny things and we value them more than we value each other. We value ourselves the way that we are instructed and told to value one another. We um, perform success the way that eager slaves perform. This robs us of, of sanity and, and, and spirit in which, again, to animate the very act of being human. Did I answer your question? You did. And now the flip side of that question is how does art help us navigate and or survive the conditions you were just talking about? How does it help you do that? I get to point out to you that everything I just told you is true. I get to hold you in conversation about 
that contextual view or any thread or element or pebble on the beach in that conversation. Art allows me to be in conversation. I believe that words make the world, words create reality. If you cannot communicate it in some form or fashion, then it does not exist. So art allows me to be in conversation with large groups of people. We call them audiences or, or your followers or the public. And I get to decide as a master artist what the theme is. I get to decide how to tease out the themes and connect it to reality. Um, I, of course, do not ascribe to doing art for art's sake. I do art in the continuum of the Black arts movement. So art is ritual, art is the news. I, I want to be that trusted source in my community that when I say this is not a good thing, no matter how much you've been told, this is a good thing. Shiny things are not a good thing. Being addicted to shiny things is bad. It's the plan. Um, I get to say that, to create counter narratives. We are ruled by narratives that border our reality. We see so many black men in handcuffs and bad mug shots on television until it's hard to explain to people that more white people go to jail in America than black people. Mm. It's hard to explain to people that white people kill white people too. It's a white on white crime problem. But nobody <laughs> ever talks about that because that narrative doesn't serve our marginalization. So artists get to refocus things. They get to... They get to also work out trauma for the collective we. We are in an ever-present state of being rewounded. So where do we have these large conversations that provide catharsis, that allow us then perhaps the privilege of not having to remember the name of every dead boy? Because those conversations are carried in art in which we inherently know this is not just about one dead boy. This is about all the dead boys. How do we have those kind of conversations minus a dead boy? So art is where we get to dream outside the frames that hold us. Art is where we get to write a story in which we arrive home safe and alive. Art is where we are allowed to imagine all the way outside of this frame. Art is what's going to help us get through this very moment that we are in, in which it should be abundantly obvious to everybody. After the pandemic, after this pause, that there are some things we should never go back to. That there are tools that we've been taught to use very well to shape the world that we want to escape and change and are killing us. So we need new tools. Those tools don't exist. It is existentially uh, dread causing not to have tools to stand on in a given moment. Art, the liminal, the space where you are fervently imagining what needs to come next. There is a, there, I said it before and I'll say it again, there is no movement without art because there's nothing without the story of the thing. If there's no story of the thing, the thing doesn't exist. 
sometimes the thing happening doesn't have as much resonance as the story about the thing happening. I'm going to take a pause in the conversation, Ayodele, and ask you to please spit something for us. This was from a, a four-piece poem. Um, this particular piece is called The People, Part 3. The people. We, the people. My people. Asleep at the wheel in the trunk of the car. Wolves driving the car. Car full of sheep asleep. My people. Sleeping on the bottom, bottom of the boat, sleeping on the ocean floor. My people laboring to survive, laboring in rebirth, laboring, building gardens for others, laboring, clearing, cleaning, tending, bending, unsoothed soothers without refuge, laboring. My people building wealth for others, laboring, the bones and blood at the foundation, the mortar. The stone the builder rejected, thus the foundation is defective. My people laboring, building a circle. They remain outside, laboring, singing in a different tongue, growing in adversity, inverted, rebirthing a way out the no way. My people refusing to perish. My people laboring, an army asleep, birthing itself, laboring to survive, kidnap, genocide, mind wash, genocide, a civilization, genocide, genocide, sir, with a side of gin and a bag of desire, my people seeking better, better tomorrows, laboring to survive today, my people, the wheel is broken, my people, the wheel is broken, somebody got to fix the wheel, my people, Needing, needing clear direction, more gumption, more grit, a war chant, an old dance, a million tongues, clear vision in the static, a bullshit detector, a prime directive to embrace each other, to remember one tribe here, one tribe needing a million hands, one voice, a million feet, one voice to beat the drum, remind the pendulum it's time to go. My people, go! One voice sounding like Shango, battle cry. One voice, what we do with freedom. What freedom? Asleep at the wheel. Segregation might have been freedom. Asleep at the wheel. Integration could have been reverse penicillin. Are you well? How civil is it to fight for rights? My people turn left. Maybe should have went right to the throat of the matter. My people trust in kidnapping wolves to save them from the trap the wolves set for them. Asleep on the merry-go-round. Sales, bail, cases, easy guns, easy drugs, gas station food, more jail than school, robbery, treating each other like property, killing me. Sometimes not so softly. Shooting one another. Revolution reduced the looting. My people, Fanon, speak to us here. Help me cure Stockholm Syndrome. My people asleep, wheel broke, wolves driving, car full of sheep. My people, bound by want. There is no milk and honey. That was a lie. It was written on your bowed back, bound by want. Want to be like Mike? Well, Mike's sick, bound by want. Want to be down, bound by want. Want to forget riding in the truck, wolves driving the car. Full of sheep, bound by want. My people, 
asleep, domesticated, invested in their oppression, trying to be like Mike. We like what he like. Amos and Andy me. See me buck and wing. See me shake that thing. Yes, sir. They bought stock on Wall Street where the slave pens used to be. And if it's good enough for Mike, well, that's good enough for me to be slave catchers. Free to believe we free. Stop looking for freedom. Drink the Kool-Aid. You're free. Free to surrender cross borders and kill on order. You're free to kill each other. Sell dope to your mother. Abandon your kids. Y'all know how y'all live. Tickets to the merry-go-round are free. Funded by the wolves. You're free to ride. Free to die. Free to drink chemical alcohol. We made it just for you. Want a new port? Take two. We got some extra longs for you. Inhale the dream. Make you want shiny, worthless things. Go out and kill to get it. Wolves want to see you with it. You're free. Consume the red velvet lies. It's just a boat ride. You're free. Free to forget who pushed who first. Free to sell self for memory. Forget American apartheid. You're free to forget. Stop fighting for human rights. You're free to forget. Keep fighting each other on Saturday night. You're free to forget. My people searching for keys, keys to survival, keys to tomorrow, trying to find the wheel. My people in search of destiny, a new tribe, North American, African, my people in rebirth, looking for leaders. Every woman, child, and man need to be central command. Need a sign? Be the sign. The light is green. Quit waiting to go. Go. My people waiting to go. Gone fishing, hooked on the hooks, politics and praying, moving to nowhere, locked up, locked out, on lock, locked down, waiting for the hearing, the sentencing, the release date, in line to get a ticket to the merry-go-round from the wolves. My people keep bringing knives to gun fights, trapped in a crooked house, scared to turn out the lights. My people looking for the wheel, knowing it's around midnight, dark enough to wish for daylight. Everything given ain't what it seemed, and everything will not be given. Some things require a fight. You can't hang with hogs. You can't serve the tea party and you can't feed wolves. Refuse the ride. A car full of sleepy sheep. Wolves driving. It don't matter if the trunk is lined in red velvet. It's the trunk. And you ain't Mike. And them sheep are getting fleeced. The wheel is broken, defective. Foundation. The game is rigged. The house is crooked. How do you write a foundation? You can't win a crooked game, even if they let you deal. Oof, fire as usual. Where, where, where's that piece at? Is it in a book yet? Because, I mean, you release one a week these days, so. <laughs> no, that's a solid <laughs> oracle. And, uh, yeah, that was almost all of The People Part 3. Sorrowland Oracle, y'all. Pick up your copy. Um, I, Della Inzinger, I want to talk a minute about the intersection of art and politics. Why don't you start, why don't we start with talking about BAM CDC, why you founded it, what its, what its role is and how you see it intersecting with your role, your job, your mission, uh, as an artist. Hmm. So I'm the storyteller. So I, I need to tell the story. I think this, the, the lens I've been telling the story through for a long time, site specifically is Oakland, California. 
um, art making was enough for me. But it became really obvious to me that I was not going to be able to keep making theater in Oakland, albeit us being the oldest Black theater company here, having made world history here in such a long period of uh, serving the community. We were going to get washed out with everybody else. So when they decided that there was going to be a district and the Black Arts Movement Business District remains the only official cultural district in Oakland, they followed a logic that came from a state bill that said it was supposed, cultural districts are supposed to stop people from being displaced. And they're supposed to be of service to native communities in using their culture to, uh, enliven their communities. And we know that bills and things often say a lot of things that nobody holds anybody accountable for. So based on the fact that there might be a pipeline funding for cultural districts, our city dove in and created this district. And for me, it gave us something visible that perhaps we could rally black folks around in order literally to save them from being washed out of Oakland. In the beginning of this process, I used to tell people if they were not prepared to fight back, they should go home and pack. I explained to them that it was a math problem. As bedrooms went up and we had these ridiculous ideas about minimum wage, um, I, I wrote articles where I told people how many minimum wage jobs they would have to have in order to have a market rate unit in Oakland. Um, the... CDC actually is almost my answer to politics in a sense. I, um, I think that politics very often is the art of compromise. That hasn't worked out so well for us as a people. There are too many things that one can accept in a compromise that are absolutely lethal. The idea that bills can sound all flowery and, and positive, and there could be absolutely no accountability. It seemed like people needed something to rally around so that people could begin to understand that they actually are the government. That they are the government. Politicians are, are appointed to actually do what you want them to do. So while they're doing what you want them to do, then that's a space of action. When they're not doing what you want them to do, then someone has to hold them accountable. But on top of someone holding them accountable, someone then has to try to cast that net, that safety net that's, that's not out there. That net that might suggest to people, Maybe you don't need a government that it won't do what you say as badly as you think that you 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 do. There are things that you can't do for yourself. And of course, I didn't make this up. You know, I'm I'm ripping straight from the ten point plan. Do do um, I'm I'm talking about uh, Elijah Muhammad telling people to do for self. I am talking about the lessons we have learned by being in this country and still being here to talk about movement. Um, so there needed then again to, to be some sort of organization that would carry that conversation that wouldn't be municipally encumbered from the moment that um, I took on 
the um, responsibility to, to be a part of animating the Black Arts District, I have insisted that our, our city meet us, that if it's a top-down district, then it's just going to wash us out quicker. We'll have things like the, uh, the Kaiser Center, where the city entered into a 99-year agreement with a private developer. Those things will become, uh, you know, uh, the everyday way that we do things without some sort of input from community. Unfortunately, uh, bottom-up cultural districts don't fare well either. If you cannot control space, and in some ways, the simplest way to look at it is you have to own the land. There are more complex ways to look at it. Uh, public space, like the Henry J. Kaiser Center. In theory, we all already own it. So uh, an organization like BAM CDC can have a conversation about how the city cannot then lease that to a private developer and lock us, the owners, of it out for 99 years. So... That's, uh, again, have I answered your question? <laughs> you have answered the question and then some, as always. Um, I, I want to I wanna talk about uh, a couple more things before we wrap this up. One is uh, you are Oakland's first poet laureate. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and you are having a wonderful time laureating all over the place. Um, talk about that honor. What what does that mean? Like, how has that impacted your life? What what does that mean for like a day in the life of Doctor Nzinga if she's laureating places? I uh, I'm super stoked about being Oakland's first laureate. It puts me in the company of people like Amiri Baraka and. Tango, Ayasin Martin, both men that I greatly admire for their artistry and their dedication to Black people. I, I still find it difficult to understand how it actually happened. I um, <laughs> I, I, I know how it happened. <laughs> I, uh, I am already campaigning for a second term. And so let, <laughs> let me make my pitch right here. I was uh, uh, appointed in June during a COVID year, was not inaugurated until October. And because the, the way that our city handles arts funding did not receive any funding for the laureate program until June of this year, full year after being appointed and having events. I run a speakeasy where we have events at least every other month. And as you've noted, I, I laureate out and about quite a bit. Um, the expense for that up to up until that check came all came out of my own personal pocket. And it, it is interesting to be the first of anything. It is a huge honor, but it's hard to be the first because there's no footprint. There's nothing to, to embrace or to push against. So you literally have to build the house yourself. So that's what I've been doing. And I actually like being first because there's nothing to push again or confine you. But this is very much like having a black woman go buy the groceries, stay up all night and cook the meal. And then when it's all ready to go, everybody else sits down and she goes away in June of next year. I don't think mm. that's right. 
So I, I think that that's a really good reason to let me have a second term. And, and that should show you, with all of that thought, how much I value being Oakland's top poet. It, um, it, it still leaves me kind of, uh, I have chills on my arms right now. What's on the horizon, Ayodele? What do, you, what do you have cooking? What's going on? What should people be paying attention to? First of all, they should answer the call. Both BAM and LBP are, are trying to team build. And in the light of what, what is equitable, we don't ask Black people to volunteer. So there's paid work out there to be had creating. Um, for LBP, uh, we are going to be filming Flowers for the Trash Man, an iconic piece of Black arts movement theater. And we are so super stoked to be doing an August Wilson piece in November. Joe Turner's Come and Gone. This is the first announcement of it. Joe Turner's Come and Gone is coming to the stage in Oakland, California in November. Um, BAM CDC is doing massive community outreach now. We are part of the Deeply Rooted program, so look for us in different places asking you to come and share your dreams for Oakland for the next 25 years. We are also doing outreach to artists, trying to figure out after uh, a few years of really rapid and intense gentrification, and after this is our second and a half year in COVID, what, what, it, what do we need in order to not reset to what we had before, but what do we need to relaunch a creative scene here and, um, and to flourish? What are our needs in the current moment? And if folks want to, to find you and follow your brilliance, Dr. Nzinga, where should they go? They should go over to San Francisco, to YBCA, to the Green Street, <laughs> where... Um, one, you would be able to get contact information from me, but you'd also be able to engage in the Dream Seeds installation and see my installation, Megaverses, while it's there. It will be up through August. It is too much to talk about in this moment, but it, please go, go see Megaverses. There will be pieces of art falling out of Megaverses for the next two years. There's a short mm -hmm. film coming out of it. There is a website being set up called The Unreliable Narrator, in which I will be in conversation with artists about institutions. You know, all the institutions called us after they murdered George Floyd for a year on television. And mm -hmm. they told us the door was open for change. I am hosting a, a really public conversation about, is that door still open and, and what the change looks like? Are, are we yesterday's flavor uh, once again as, as the world moves on and we still have not completed our conversation? All right, Dr. Einzing, on that note, why don't you take us out with one last piece? So this is the last piece from that uh, collection. This piece is called Them People. They don't really care about us. Who? Them people. Who? Them people. Them people that did it. Them that didn't. Them that didn't do nothing. Them people. Them people who made it. Made it happen. Let it happen. Them. Those people. Not us. People. Other people. Them people. Who ruined it. Wasted it. Broke it. Them 
Those folks, not us, them, the other, not us people. They did it. They caused it. They made it. They bought it to the table. They tied it to the wheel. Them people, them people packaging it, slanging it, buying it, accepting it. Them people, them dumb people, the ones that, that don't know no better. We, we need to teach them, them, the bad ones, the ones without God, heathen people, them, the they folks. You heard what they say about them. Them people that craft the evil, them people who ignore the shadows, the cracks, the lies, the sins, them the sheep people, the wolf people, the people who see and don't say, the people who hear and won't know, the knowers who lie, the people who continue knowing the wheel is broken, them, all of us, them, we them, we are they, they are us, we them people. Are we who we want to be? That was the brilliant voice of Dr. Iodele Nzinga. Dr. Nzinga, thank you so much for joining us today. You are most welcome. Thank you. You're listening to Law and Disorder. I'm your host, Kat Brooks, and this has been Resistance in Residence with this week's feature, Dr. Iodele Nzinga. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. Our Resistance and Residence theme music was composed by Jesse Strauss. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listeners. If you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, family.